everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to talk about the third entry into the Austin Powers film franchise, Austin Powers and Goldmember. But first, what have you guys been watching? You guys, I know we, we talk about movies every week, we, we focus on one movie, but is there anything besides Austin Powers that you guys have been watching recently that you want to talk about? Yes, very go much ahead. so. Devin, go uh, for it. So I watched the Netflix movie Stowaway. Uh, have you guys seen or heard about this movie? I, I have seen commercials for it. Okay. I I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So let me pump you up about this movie for eight seconds. All right. The movie is called Stowaway. It's about a mission to Mars, a three-man mission to Mars. And surprise, there's a fourth one on there. How did he get on the spaceship? Uh, it stars Annie, Anna Kendrick, uh, Daniel Day Kim, Shamir Anderson, and Tony Collette. This is like... Big for me, right? Yeah. Trailers for it look great. I hated it. I don't hate movies that like that well. I did not, or like that easily. I really hated this movie. It had such a cool premise and then just went, yeah, but we hired Anna Kendrick. And we're like, yeah, but the movie's about the still, yeah, but like, yeah, but we got Anna Kendrick. Don't worry. That's, I feel like that's a lot of the things that she's in. Like, yeah, but we got Anna Kendrick, so. Anna Kendrick. See, not that yeah, that's a thing. bad thing. See, Devin, you see the cast listing, then you see the premise, and you're like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to love this movie." I yeah. see the cast listing. I I see the cast listing. I see the premise of this movie, and I go, "Anna Kendrick has never been in a movie like this before." The, mm-hmm. And this is on Netflix, and it's a space mm-hmm. movie. This is not going to be good. At no fault to her, <laughs> right? But though, but but. But it's like those three things together, as in it's a Netflix movie. It's got almost an A-list. It's got almost an A-list celebrity in this. Mm-hmm. This is gonna fall flat. Well, like, and here's my thing: is like in the premise, I'm like, how did he get there? Is it? Are they sabotaging the mission? What's his purpose? Is he a double agent? Doesn't matter. Anna Kendrick's in the movie. That like that's how it all wrapped up. Was don't worry about him anymore. I hate it. Okay. I'm not going to make you watch it. I was going to do it, but if we're talking about it now, I'm not going to make you watch it. I, I, I might still check it out because I'm curious. Please do. Let me know. We'll Just because he it. hates it so much. Just because he hates yeah. it so much. I really want to see if it's actually like I'm going to watch but... it and then make Ryan watch it and make you watch it in turn for the show. <laughs> but but I'm over here and I'm looking at stuff and it's 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 sitting at a 5.6 on I mean, IMDb. For a good reason. So I mean, that's like middle of the road. It's a straight to netflix movie in 2021 like i feel like a lot of the things that we're gonna bomb in theaters are just going straight to netflix um, <laughs> so ryan have you watched anything recently like the the bad batch like that's really been it besides stuff that i always rewatch. Okay. but i I'm, without, I'm really enjoying it yeah without yeah. getting into the like spoilers for the bad batch the last episode yeah. was kind of slow plot wise but has some great homages to empire strikes back which i really loved yeah see things I've been hearing a lot that a lot of people are like the third episode's kind of like yeah I I really like the third episode more than like the second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's oh, wow. it explores the characters yeah. a bit more. So yeah, and that's the part of it that I really really liked. So, but I mean, it's it's the premise is kind of what I expected it to be. Um, but there's a few things that, that but there's a few things they're doing that I was not expecting. So I mean, yeah. it's follow. 
it's following in line with what made Clone Wars good. Like it's not what you really expect. And it's also following the Star Wars line of it's about a father and a child. <laughs> like Yeah. Kind of. Don't yeah. roll your eyes, Devin. I did a little bit. Devin, what what are your thoughts on the Bad Batch? I like it. Um I, I think I wasn't ready for it being about a father and a child. And after like a little bit of like recalibration, I'm totally fine with it. And it can go there if it wants to go there. I okay. was just expecting, hey, this is literally about the Bad Batch. Just watch them go do things unadulterated, more of them. But okay. I get that she's a character foil. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about Disney+, Plus, um, I've also been, I've binged all of Mighty Duck Game Chang- Changers. And I've got to say, I, I'm really liking this show. Uh, I know really? Ryan and I did a deep dive on Mighty Ducks 2 and 3 for Victims and Villains over on their Patreon, which I don't know when that episode's out, but you can probably, we'll, we'll probably post a link to it. Uh, definitely go check out uh, Victims and Villains on Patreon because they, they do a lot of great stuff with the money they raise to get mental health resources into schools and stuff. Uh, but we recorded a review of Mighty Ducks, and I binged the whole trilogy of Mighty Ducks movies. And then I was like, "Okay, now I'm gonna watch this uh, this TV show, and because I want to see where Gordon Bombay ends up." And I love like the kid stuff is okay, but everything that uh, Emilio Estevez is doing in this show is right up my alley. He's sorry, <laughs> he's snarky, he's old and grumpy, and like I kind of buy him and Lorelai Gilmore as a couple. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. really like how, how they're vibing. So, I'm really enjoying the show. I know Ryan hasn't been as much as I am. So No. <laughs> but that's not the one I wanted, the show I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about a show on Peacock. Um, so, there's a show on Peacock starring Sarah Bareilles, Busy Phillips, and Sky, uh, uh, Angelica Schuyler from Hamilton. Really? Yeah, it's called Girls 5 Eva. It's about <laughs> it's about a girl group from the late 90s, early 2000s who get sampled on a rap track today and mm-hmm. then like uh, regroup and start performing again. And it's got very strong 30 Rock vibes. It's produced by Tina Fey. The creator has worked for um, Kimmy Schmidt. Like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, she worked with Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report, the Colbert, um, the Colbert Christmas special she worked on. Um, I watched the first four or five episodes of this, and it is phenomenal. Is uh, it? Yes. Stephen Colbert shows up for an episode. Um, one of the uh, girls in the in the band though is um like 20 years later she's uh does hasn't aged as well as the rest of the the, the band oh so no it's played by paula pell who's about 20 years older than all the other actresses and they just <laughs> lean into it and it's the funniest thing um i highly recommend the show tina fey shows up as dolly parton uh that's weird and funny yeah but yeah sorry sarah Bareilles, busy phillips paula pell and renee Elise Goldsberry. Um, I highly recommend it. You can watch the first episode for free on Peacock. Um, you have to have P- Peacock Premium to watch the rest of it. But if mm-hmm. you have Comcast, evidently you get Peacock for free, 
which I just, like, Peacock Premium for free, which I just found out about. So now I'm able to watch all of that and all of uh, Saved by the Bell. The, the reboot, not the, not that I have. My wife is, but. <laughs> so wait a all minute. Right. Is, is all of this, like, out now or do they release it week by week? It's all out now. It's all you out can, now? Okay. Yeah, all eight episodes are out now. I'm going to have to binge it when I'm back in the U.S. Because yeah. it sounds like you had me at 30 Rock, I think. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's really... It, they do, like, flashbacks to their old music videos, too, and, like, old interviews with... Tar, uh, uh, I almost said Tucker Carlson. Carson oh, Daly. Boy. Carson Daly. <laughs> um, and, but you, like, don't see him. You just see, like, the, the TRL stage. It's like, oh, my God, the, the, the flashbacks. Um, wow. So if you if you liked MTV in like 1999 to 2002, this is like the perfect show for you because it's like making fun of that whole era of music. That's great because yeah. that's when I was like 14 to 16. Yeah, you were so, the target audience. I was. I ran home yeah. at the end of you know school every day to catch TRL before it turned into yeah. a dumpster fire. Well, <laughs> speaking of the year 2002. Let's get into today's main topic, which is Austin Powers in Goldmember. Mm-hmm. This was Ryan's yep. pick for Devin to watch because Devin let slip last week that he has not seen the third Austin Powers movie. And then you talking? said, oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. But uh, Ryan, since this is your episode, go ahead and take it away. Okay, so uh, this is the third installment of the Austin Powers series. Goldmember came out in 2002. It was directed by Jay Reich? Roach. 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 I thought it would say Roach, but I'm like, I don't really want to say Roach, because if I get that wrong, I'm calling him an insect, and I don't want to do that. So, you know, (laughs) there's that. But anyway, um, Michael Myers wrote it, obviously, with some other people that helped him. But uh, this... This came out, uh, like I said, in 2002. For me, it was everything that I wanted out of an Austin Powers movie. Um, And I believe I saw this one in theaters with my parents, actually, which was exciting because the entire theater was laughing throughout the whole film. So, Alan, I know you've seen it. Devin, you haven't. Trying to think which one of you want to go first. (laughs) I'll go first. I'll just volunteer. Okay. I... So... For preparation for this, I uh, for preparation age for this, uh, <laughs> I went back and rewatched the Spy Who Shagged Me because I had just watched International Man of Mystery recently, but I I, yeah. and I wanted to go through the trilogy, so I watched Spy Who Shagged Me and then I watched this again. Um, I definitely didn't see this in I don't think I saw this in theaters. No, I didn't see this in theaters. I remember specifically going to Blockbuster and renting this on. It might have been VHS good um but i it just fell flat for me like i like i think part of it is it just recycles a lot of the same jokes from the other movies and it's like eh, okay like i it's funny but i wanted something new that that was my main takeaway from it um okay but I did realize something about this about me in this movie that I will drop that bomb on you guys later. So, okay, Devin. So, how was your I first went, experience? Admittedly, <laughs> I went into this movie not going, 
oh, a fun new movie. I went into it thinking, oh, no, it's 19 years old. Is this movie going to hold up? Uh, <laughs> and I had such a great time. I like this movie a lot. And I, I'm sure that's not a surprise. I haven't <laughs> seen any of the Austin Powers movies for a long time. And, like, I know, like, some of the famous Austin Powers bits that are, like, used again. But there's been so much time since I've seen them. It's not, like, it's not, it doesn't look like it's aping it. It looks like it's just referential to it. Uh, and it was a great time. Like, Romana even watched it with me. She, like, sat down. She's like, all right, I'll watch, like, the first half an hour with you. And then sat through the whole movie with me, which was great. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Okay. Um, so the reason why I sprung this up, and because I kind of, I kind of teased it up before. This is my favorite Austin Powers movie out of all of them. Um, yeah. This is one of those movies that my wife and I are like lockstep in agreement about this film. Um, and when you mentioned before that you hadn't seen it, and then you you said, "Do I really need to?" And then you said that other people have told you, like, oh, don't worry about it. And then Alan mm-hmm. agreed with that, like, statement. I was like, no, 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 no. You're not bypassing being on a show with me. You're not bypassing my favorite Austin Power movie. <laughs> You're just not. Um, so that's why I dumped, like, ter- uh, uh, bringing up, like, Terminator 2 and a bunch of other mm-hmm. of those, like, blockbusters that I was going to, like, have you pick from. Um the reason why I like this one is that it does have all of the tropes that all that, that, that the first two movies had. So, I mean, it definitely does recycle the old jokes and the old tropes. But to me, it's refined. Okay. And that's where, like, I'm fine. I'm fine with it repeating the same jokes because at this point, to me, they have it down. And the like quality is there. Them. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, humor is... Incredibly subjective, so it's one of those things where it's just I didn't want you to not have to, you know, bite. I didn't want you to bypass this movie. That's why I was like, no roadblock on what I wanted to do. We're doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, in my defense uh, of what I said last week, I still stand by that Spy Who Shagged Me is my favorite. That's um, fine. Oh, it's good. Movie. I enjoyed this a lot more on rewatching it this time around. Did you not um, like it, like, initially? Well, I think I'd only seen it once on VHS from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And then, from then on out, it was on TBS. Got it. So, mm-hmm. there are parts of this movie I didn't remember. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember... For for this and the second one, I don't remember most of the post credit scenes. I, I always thought there, were one, there was one, but evidently there were two on, in each of them. So... Um, I think that, that helped play into it a little bit. Um, Vern Troyer flirting with, uh, well, no, Britney Spears flirting with mini me is just fantastic. (laughs) Um, and I don't remember that at all. Um, but I, I've also come to appreciate Michael Caine as an actor a lot more and just, he is just chewing the scenery. Like he's just so confident and like plays the part of Austin's dad perfectly. Yeah. So, he nails it. Oh, he absolutely does. And for me, like, watching this for the first time, this is one of those movies that, like, like, I've I've known parts of this movie without this movie. Like, I think friend of the show, Chad, says, like, toy like a toyga. Like, I think he says that, like, (laughs) almost daily, if not hourly. So, like, I know some of these bits. 
there were parts in this that really surprised me with how great they were and like that nobody like spoiled for me. There are definitely yeah. parts of this that I will quote all the time. Like, how about no, you crazy Dutch bastard? Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's only two people um, that I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines from this movie. <laughs> Good line. So, so Devin, your, your wife's Dutch, correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How does she appreciate that? Those jokes. It's. I mean, at this point, it's just she's not Dutch. He's not even close to Dutch. No, his accent yeah. is is kind of German a little bit, and like I don't know what his mannerisms are, but they're not even human, let alone Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Dutch people can't flex their legs like that? <laughs> Side note, that's his only attack, and Foxy Cleopatra fell for it every time. She never Twice. learned in the whole movie. Yeah. Like, you know he's going to do it. Stop grabbing him exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's to the point with my wife and I, with this movie, mm -hmm. to where if we watch an Austin Powers movie, it's always this one. And to be honest, the times we've gone back and tried to watch the first two, we can never get mm -hmm. through them. Oh, wow. They're not bad. It's just we like the third one as like, it's like the first one was, you know, like uh, the first one was a, was a success. It's really good. It's why they made the next two. But when you go through it, it's like your first attempt. It's great. Second attempt. Great too. Third attempt. You've gotten all, all of all of the timing down. So, yeah. Yeah. But um. And I, I feel that uh, Beyonce is probably the best Austin Powers girl out of the three movies. She's the best paired up with him, I feel. Who were the other two? Was Gwyneth Paltrow one of them? No, Gwyneth Paltrow is at the beginning of this one. In oh, the, she uh, is. The, it's um, Elizabeth Hurley is Vanessa. Okay. Who's a, oh, right. a fembot all along. And then <laughs> Heather, Heather Graham as... Um, Felicity Shagwell. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... I felt like the... Uh, just... I, I I feel that Mike and Beyonce... Like, they're... They flowed better together than the mm -hmm. other two movies. So I felt like that relationship worked. Um, but what scenes... For Devin, what scenes... Well, what scene or scenes are you happy that wasn't ruined for you? And then for Alan, your favorite scene that, that you forgot about. So for me, my favorite one that wasn't ruined for me was all of Nathan Lane's scene. I did not know that was going to happen. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. And I like almost rewound it. Like, I, I think yeah. I think Romana's watching us do this. Like, it, she saw like, it was just such a great like scene. And I just was not, oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think the scene in Mr. Ro Mr. Roboto's office I forgot about with the subtitles. Because <laughs> that, that's at least, like, that's in the vein of Austin Powers' humor, but it's something they yeah. haven't, hadn't done yet. It was, it yeah. was more of a Wayne's World joke. Um, <laughs> and I really appreciated that, that whole scene with it. Like, no, he's, what he said was blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed that. It's def that, that, that was definitely a good one. Um, my wife and I's favorite scene, because like I said, we're lockstep with this movie. Like, it's ridiculous. Is the prison song. 
where they're doing the rap <laughs> video. And pre and for 2002, this is like the best parody of a hip hop video from the late 90s, early millennium. Like everything from like the background dancers to the girls they had on the video to the outfits they were wearing and even to having like the lyrics edited in yeah. the film because like he's singing and it's broken up because that's how I mean that's how you would have to play them on TV. It was like yeah. ev- it's like everything about that and the fact that like the prisoners never smile in the background even during the video when they're dancing which still makes them look like, you know, like they never break character. They always have these like gloomy faces on. So it's like I like that to me just made that scene. Okay, I'm really? glad you brought up the soundtrack uh, or the, mm. the rap song because I had the soundtrack to this and they had it edited on that as well. In the, oh, wow. the exact Excellent. same way. This is what yeah. I realized about myself watching this movie. Austin Powers and Goldmember was the first soundtrack I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. It might have been for Hard Knock Life. Um, it definitely wasn't for the Alfie cover that's in the credits. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, this was the first CD soundtrack that I bought. And now I have like at least probably 100 or so. But this is the first, and I don't have this one anymore. Oh. Um, but yeah. Okay, so one of the things, like one of like a few of the only things that I want to bring up about this that I found out about it. So Michael York and Michael Kang both have like almost a hundred movies to their credit, and this was the first movie they did together. <laughs> and they're both English actors, so I mean that even narrows it down even further. That's really cool, though, because, like, what a movie to, like, finally get together on. Exactly. And who knew that it would be a movie that that had a line with Michael Caine going, I thought I smelled cabbage. (laughs) 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 There are lines in this that I just, I cannot get out of my head. And there's, there's that one, and there's just a bunch of others, and they'll come as, you know, we go through this. But, um... When it came to the opening segment of this film, I will definitely say that The Spy Who Shagged Me has a better opening scene. I laugh more at The Spy Who Shagged Me opening than I do in this one. But I love the bit that they do with Tom Cruise and Paltrow and yeah. okay. Steven Spielberg. Like, all that thing is great. We, we have to talk about this because yeah. some of the casting in that is... Um, Awkward now. Very... Um, accurate (laughs) (laughs) and that is why to be honest this is you know i i hate the guy never want to see him again but it works (laughs) yeah anybody watching who hasn't seen it in a while so they do the the parody with um big hollywood actors playing the characters from austin powers so you got tom cruise's austin powers uh Gwyneth Paltrow is Dixie Normus. Uh, <laughs> Danny oh DeVito is Mini Me, but as Doctor Evil, you have Kevin Spacey, which um, I mean, yeah, how it he's works. pretty evil. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all that really needs to be said about him and this. I mean, it's one of those things where when because there are a few movies that he's in that. 
you know, it's whatever. But when you go through and watch this now and you see some of the casting choices in this, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that fits. And then you're kind of looking at things like, oh, my God, this person's like not doing anything anymore. And then, but luckily enough, they're only in it for like 10, five seconds total. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Uh, what did you guys think of John Travolta <laughs> at the end? Uh, Devin's lo- Devin was, Devin's eyes wait, lit up and was like he's he's gold member in the movie. Yeah, oh, he's gold member yeah, at the end. Gold, right? No, yeah. I like that. That was a good. I'm movie. from Holland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I love that. That's like the line that keeps getting brought up. I think that's so fun. Yeah. I. Okay, so. Let the, I think the biggest thing I don't like about this movie is the reveal that Austin Powers and Dr. Evil are brothers. I think that's one of the... It's like, oh, okay, really? Like, If they had delivered a sequel where they actually team up and fight Scott Evil a bit sooner, I think I'd be more on board with it, but it's kind of like, oh, okay. What do you got... Devin, what do you think of that twist? So I think... I had this this thought for a while. I like this movie a lot. I think the movie is a good movie and is a funny movie. I think the movie is a bad James Bond parody. Like, it doesn't succeed in being a James Bond parody because it's now just its own thing. I think specifically that part of it is the most James Bond parody that the movie gets. I think With that, the brothers? Yeah, the, the brother reveal. I think that as a plot point for the third movie in a trilogy, it's not great. I think as a plot point for a James Bond parody, it works well. So I was doing some research. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I, I have a something I wanted to bring up then. But... Yeah, because I, I froze through like almost 80% of all of that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't hear what either of you said. I didn't hear okay. either. <laughs> all right, so um, I was talking about the, um, the uh, reveal that they're brothers at the end. Okay, so did you guys like it or not like it? No, I didn't. <laughs> no? And and okay. I liked it because I, it felt more James Bond to me than anything else. Ryan, did we lose you again? He's not allowed to know what we think about this. this no, is he's just, not. He, he'll never know. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Actually, I think that that's part of the best part about this movie is that reveal that they're brothers and the reactions they get and just, just the ridiculousness of it because that leans into what the what these Austin Power movies are. They were making fun of James Bond and mm-hmm. they decided to go their own route on it with making them brothers because I think that would be one of the funniest things. I think that would be one of the biggest twists, twists in a James Bond movie is that the villain is family. And I feel like that's what they decided to do was just let's go one step nuttier with it. And then they went for it. And then yeah. making the sun go completely nuts was great. So looking at IMDb, I learned something about a James Bond movie I haven't seen yet. Which um, one? Spectre. Yep. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, because they do that. Like spec. Uh, no, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. But evidently they're they're like st- foster brothers yeah blofeld and james bond are foster brothers yeah and that's why i was like oh this is a james bond parody totally fits i mean you have the benefit of seeing that beforehand 
So <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know how that would have like landed had I seen it nineteen years ago. Well, because I I'll be weird about this. I was all over the place timeline with this movie because at one point Doctor Evil hands a chocolate bar and he's like, uh, "Oh, it was made in Bruges." That's in Belgium. And I texted you guys right away. I'm like, he's quoting in Bruges. And you're like, (laughs) no, he's not. It came out six years after this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a thing uh, Europeans say. In Bruges. (laughs) It's in Belgium. It's in Belgium. It's got to be a... It's... It's got to be a joke, and was it? I referenced this before because that'd be like in the U.S. somebody bringing up Lancaster or mm-hmm. like uh, like Syracuse or some yeah. town outside of like New York City or Chicago or like L.A. You know the, that that's what it sounds like to me. So I'm thinking that's where that's coming from. It makes sense though. Yeah. Okay. So you meant timeline wise just by like when it was made not exactly like when it was made okay. and yeah what it could be referencing uh <laughs> I, I, chat is pretty hard to know about that <laughs> yeah. belgium thing. um so i following the timeline of the actual movie though is a little bit mm-hmm. confusing too okay. so is does Goldmember capture Nigel Powers in the seventies first, or in the present day, and then take him back he, to the seventies? He catches him in present day, takes him back to the seventies. Austin goes back to the seventies, gets his dad. Well, doesn't. Well, yeah, he gets his dad, and then his dad gets taken away from him, okay. and then they both go to modern time okay. after that encounter in the office. Okay, that makes sense. Here's my here's my deeper existential question about this movie. Which Austin are we following? The Austin from now or the Austin from 10 minutes ago from Spy <laughs> Who Shagged Me? Because at the end of Spy Who Shagged Me, there are two Austins and they have a three-way f- with Felicity Shagwell. Which Austin are we following? Is the other one off with Felicity somewhere? Like what is go- like I should not have watched these movies back to back because I need to know. Okay, so here's my answer to that and it's an Austin Powers movie, and time travel paradoxes mean nothing. It's not a paradox, though. It's not a paradox. I just want to know, which Austin are we following? It doesn't exist. It's some Austin that happened on a storyline off film. No, no, it's on film. They they are in bed together with Felicity Shagwell. This is a scene when, that I didn't know existed because they don't show that on TBS. Damn you, censors. That, <laughs> like, when, that, when that happens, he is on screen, yes. But I'm talking about how he gets there. It's got to be in Austin from a different thing. Because to be perfectly honest, I mean, these movies kind of have to do with time travel. But to me, these aren't like, you know, like this, this isn't Back to the Future or, you know, Hot, hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's like your standard of like time travel movies, Hot Tub Time Machine. It was it was the only two movies that came into my mind when I was thinking about time travel, and I haven't really seen Hot hey, Tub Time Machine. I've hot, seen parts of it, but okay, there, there so we go. I'm going to defend Hot Tub Time Machine. One, it is that's a fine. funny movie. There's one bit in it that's hysterical, and that's why I have Crispin Glover sign my DVD copy of it <laughs> that I bought just for him to sign. <laughs> Good. But Hot Tub Time Machine is a legitimate time travel movie because they brought it up in Endgame when they're listing all the time travel movies. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, gosh. and that's probably why it's, it was right there in my head. So, yeah. you know. And then there's Time Cop with, I think, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I think, that one? The so, time travel movie with him? I wow. did read, mm. though, and this is what kind of fed my like anger about the, the which Austin is it. Uh, there, was a, there was a scene filmed with Heather Graham as Felicity Shagwell that got cut for time. There's also a scene with Will Ferrell returning as the uh, horribly racist... Uh, character guy. yeah yeah that, that that's like the only like that's one of the biggest things that doesn't age well about these movies is his character in one and two mm. um and there's a three hour there was a three hour cut of this that they trimmed down to whatever this what was it 90 minutes for this one yeah about like the, the original rough cut of this was three hours long i'd watch it I don't know if I need to see a three-hour Austin Powers movie. I would. I absolutely would. I just give me more of this character, these characters in this world. Like, I'll take it. I, I'm glad I, I bought. I'm glad I bought the DVD of this because there are deleted scenes on there that I wanted to watch before this, but uh, I didn't <laughs> have time. So yeah, the uh, I just want a short of Nigel and Mini Me, like going <laughs> out on an adventure. Like that's that's what I want to see. Well, they're not going to do that now. Sadly. I know they're not going to do that now. This movie was made back in 2002. Yeah. I don't I don't own a time machine, and I, it's not I, a hot I, tub. I want to see <laughs> Mini-Me and Britney Spears on a date. That's the short right? I want to see. Um, so I talked a bit about... like would be funny. Since I'm on the Britney Spears thing, I didn't realize Burt Bacharach's, Burt Bacharach's in the uh, in the credits as well. Like that's, That was one of my biggest problems with this movie, is that there's no Burt Bacharach music, like, melody scene. Like what the world needs now, or um, the one with Elvis Costello. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he was in the credits. I've never watched the credits the whole way through, I guess, because <laughs> TBS. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's something else that kind of improved it this time around. So, okay. So you mentioned Britney Spears. There's a couple of things this movie does that made me go, "Oh yeah, that was a pop culture thing." And the <laughs> biggest moment of that was the freaking Osbournes. I com- oh, that was completely forgot that was a cultural phenomenon, and I'm honestly embarrassed to have been a part of it. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> right here, all the love, all the love for the Osbournes. Look, I don't I absolutely... the Osbournes themselves. I don't like what America did with them. I. I I was part of it, and I'm happy that that, that that listen, and I'm happy about it. I think I still have the first three seasons on DVD. Listen, I owned the CD. It was Ozzy Osbourne's songs intercut by him just going, "Oh, living next to Pat Boone, eh?" Like that was all the CD was, and I nice. loved it. <laughs> I see, love the Osbournes. See, for me, I was just Ozzy yelling at the screen the first time I saw this. Like, yeah, they're just doing the same joke they did before. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, pop culture in 2002 was a interesting thing. Um, what, so this movie came out in summer of 2002. What do you guys remember about summer of 2002? Cause I can tell you a few things I remember. Oh my gosh. I was 12. Um, that's it. I think it's all I remember. I know I didn't see this movie. Summer of 2002 in May, you had... Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and Willem oh, wow. Dafoe come out. Um, Attack of the Clones premiered in May as well. I think we just missed that by a day. Um, but 
one of the things that I really remember and has made a comeback is, uh, let me pull up the picture, Pepsi Blue. You were drinking that. Yeah, I've been drinking Pepsi Blue this whole time. Oh, that was your prop? Yep, this is my prop. Oh, I love it. So wait a minute, what is Pepsi Blue? It is Pepsi that is berry flavored. Mm Mm-hmm. In blue. You? If you can't tell from my tongue. <laughs> so, but if we ever do, you have to drink this podcast. We'll have to start with Pepsi and Coke because we've never had them. Is it good? You've never had Pepsi. I think there's. Oh a, yeah, you don't drink soda. I forgot about that. No. Yeah, there's a lot of people right now with lifted eyebrows that are new to the show that don't know some of these things about you, Devin. So you can't just drop <laughs> stuff like this randomly. You've got to be like, okay, just I'm going to say something off the wall here, but I've never drank soda before. <laughs> never no, look, I've had like a Sprite and a ginger ale occasionally. That's it. Like, I've never had a cola. Yeah. What's up? So, so th- this I, is like the the sprite of colas, I like a be- a berry sprite of colas. Yeah. So it doesn't so have like I'm, a Pepsi taste. Not really. Oh. I'm just over here thinking like Alan didn't know what he just did to me mentally, so <laughs> I got to get this out. So you said summer of 2002, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, summer 2002. So I look, I, I so I, I Google summer 2002, and I'm looking at different things, and there's like a list of the top ten pop songs from 2002, and I'm looking through it, and I see like Nelly, if J Lo, if Hero by and a Chad few Kroger other people, and J- Josie Scott is not on that list. It's not a real list. <laughs> it's pop songs, top ten pop songs. Hero doesn't Hero count as a pop song? Hero was alternative rock. Not wallflowers, me. right? You're okay. talking wallflowers. No, hero. That's alternative rock. No, no, no. Hero by Chad Kroger and Josie Scott from the Spider-Man soundtrack. The Spider-Man soundtrack was on the list. Okay. Oh, okay. It was it. albums, not songs. I'm sorry. It was Nelly, J-Lo, and like Jimmy Eat World was on there. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, summer 2002, what was I doing? I got a flash. Red high top Chuck Taylors, uh, half all, almost knee high olive green socks, baggy shorts that went like six seven inches below the knee, Dickies, um, my pyramid spike belt, uh, the really goofy old hot topic shirts that said like chicks dig scrawny pale guys and stuff like that. I was wearing. Um, my hair with like ten spikes in it because I did the whole like new metal like scene kid hair thing. Oh, yeah, spike spike pyramid bracelets. Alan, you're bringing back all this trauma from how I dressed <laughs> I as a teenager. I was gonna say if I met you, if I met you in 2002, I do not think we would be friends. <laughs> you did. I wore. I had a legit wallet chain, and because I didn't like the unevenness of the look, I put a second one on the other side. Yeah, okay, you you're did. Bring, you're, you're bringing to balance up my, it up. You're bringing up my trauma from 2002 fashion-wise now. I remember, because Will Smith was big in 2002, because um, Men in Black 2 came out. He would mm-hmm. wear visors backwards and upside down. I was like, you know what? That's cool. And that's how I went to summer camp. <laughs> I got you beat on that. What is it? No, 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 no. Devin has to go now. Devin, what what were you wearing in 2002? Oh, my God. You don't... Okay, this is actually really embarrassing, and I don't tell a lot of people about this, but I had a point in my life where I had a phobia of any pants that weren't sweatpants. 
And that period in my life uh, started at birth and ended at <laughs> summer 2002 because the stipulation for me going to see Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was I had to wear real pants. I couldn't see it in sweatpants. So that summer was the summer of my transformation into cargo shorts, guys. And I think I think you and I met that fall. I think we did. Yeah, bus 15. Yep, bus that was exactly it. Yep. Oh, thank God I missed that phase of Devin. <laughs> why didn't why didn't your parents step in sooner? They did, and they really tried, and I was just like a little just English bulldog of a kid. Like you could not have told me anything that I like you couldn't have told me to do anything. I'm trying to wrap my head around like I find shorts and jeans sometimes more comfortable than sweatpants. Oh, current me? Absolutely. I'm wearing jeans now. I just Okay, that's fine. For yeah, for it's some re- it was I think at that point it was uh for some reason the Ravens. I had uh, like a series of Ravens sweatpants, like a football team. Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. Oh yeah. You? Yeah, I, right, me. I think they were like second hand from like one of someone in my family that was like a Ravens fan, but I had a whole line of Ravens sweatpants. And I okay. like had to throw them away. I would yeah. have burned them in a pyre. <laughs> but yeah, it's just my uh my fashion sense like when I was in high school pretty much came from like early millennium Pac Sun and Hot Topic. Okay, so here's a here's a challenge for you guys. Okay. Find a picture from two thousand 2002 for us to post on Instagram. <laughs> Done. It's happening. Oh, it's going to be so if, good. Uh, oh my god, if I could find a picture of me. It might be before 2002 because I've got a real winner. I got a pair of Janko jeans that had a camo stripe down the side. <laughs> oh man. That was my 8th grade dance. I went with a with a uh, vintage Vietnam era camo shirt over a black t-shirt that was for like Van Halen. And then I wore a pair of Janko jeans that were extremely big, uh, that had a camo stripe down the side and I think hiking boots. Why not? Why? And I had a bowl cut at the time too. You had a bowl cut. Mm -hmm. Like you, you asked for the bowl cut or were just given one? No, I had a bowl cut my entire life until like freshman year of high school. And I took pizza money and my parents left me for like one weekend and I went to go get a fade. And it's been like that ever since. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome i love that you got a fade on your own yeah well, it's because i had a uh i was the only freshman in a class of seniors in a pottery class and i made friends with them and one of them made the comment about like a fade and i was like oh okay because i was the only freshman kid in a class of seniors like, so this is what like, I yeah do sure now. yeah exactly okay so back to austin powers mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um so there's been long rumors about an Austin Powers four. What would you guys want to see in a in a sequel to Goldmember? I want Austin Powers and Doctor Evil to team up and try to talk Doctor Evil's son um, down uh, from Doctor Evil's first plan, which was dropping the nuke down into the center of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want his son to be, like, so off-kilter that he's trying to actually, like, do, like, his son wants to show that he's better than his dad, so he's trying to actually 
you know, commit on the plans that his dad failed at. So he's trying to complete those to show that he's better than his dad. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Evil and Austin Powers has to team up to stop him. And then halfway through, Dr. Evil realizes that it doesn't matter if they're brothers or not. He's just evil. So then he helps his son. And then they evacuate as much people off the planet as they can. And they just relocate to Mars. (laughs) I like the end. That took a twist. That took a turn. Because his son is successful and blows up the Earth. Devin, how about you? So here's my thing. I think this would do really well nowadays just because of the how like sequels have been coming out. They take place way too far in the future, and they're kind of just rehashing the old jokes again, but this series just does that. And I would be delighted to see these jokes again in a 2021 context. Do it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun. Here's what I want to see. So th- these films do a good job of parroting the, um, the James Bond of the 60s. Mm-hmm. I want to see them parody Daniel Craig's James Bond. Like, <laughs> I want it. I want it shot in that style, uh, with like taking the the cinematography very seriously, and like just keep the jokes the same. But just the way you film it is in the style of Skyfall and Casino Royale, and whatever the Billie Eilish one is that we, we're never going to see. Uh, I feel like I get that's what I want to see. Wow. Like, that's serious. See, I would, because of, okay, so James Bond were popular movies, but everybody knew they were corny. Like, if you go back and you watch a James Bond movie, you're like, oh my god, this is corny. That's what audiences back when it first came out were thinking, too, because it was supposed to be Mm -hmm. corny and everything. So, to me, if you're going to do a, like, spy thriller, you know, like, uh, parody, to be perfect, I'd go after the Jason Bourne movies. I was thinking that. Because I mean, to me, those deserve to be made fun of. I mean, yeah, and you could still do it in the same style that I'm saying. Like, it, mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's how you get Dr. Evil evil again. He doesn't remember who he is. Oh, he kind of like that. It's knocked out. And, and then you do flashbacks <laughs> to him and Austin working together and... You, you, you've got <laughs> he gets knocked out by a scale model <laughs> just like he always does but this time it actually does damage to him and we're like he can't remember throw me yeah. a freaking bone here All right, and so, if somebody throws a real bone and hits him right in the temple <laughs> so in our imaginary sequel what is one running gag among the series that you would just completely cut out because there is definitely one that it they do it in all three movies, and I it it never has I've never laughed at it, I've never liked it, but I just sit through it. Uh, I want to know what it is. It's the shadow ones. I don't think the shadow play is ever funny. Where like in this one, like Austin Powers looks like oh, that's one of the funniest parts of the film. I and and I think they did it in the the second one too. Where they do it, it in the second like, one. The yeah. only part of this, the the of the shadow gag in this one that I enjoy mm-hmm. is when it looks like he's giving birth to Mini Me. Like the rest of it, I'm like, eh, okay. No, like you, no, made, the, you me, made the joke I, about I, the arm holding an apple, and you're actually doing that. And now you're but doing when it. He, when it looks like he's giving birth to Mini Me, I, I I love that bit. I'm sorry, but when he's playing uh, paper rock scissors with, <laughs> with it, and then he gets like the high five with it, and then he's eating the apple, and that's, it's, it's, the thing is, okay, so it's not just the shadows; it's the other sailor's reaction to it, and like his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. See, to me, that's what makes it just a tad bit, you know, like that. To me, makes it more a little bit different mm-hmm. to where it's, you know, like it's not. It's, it's 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 the same joke, but it's different enough for me. I think I just make it unfun for myself, and it might be a me thing, where, like, the whole time when he's doing it, I'm like, 
So how are they positioned to make exactly this shadow look like this? And I'm like just trying to figure out the mechanics of it, like every jerk at a like magic show. You can be disappointed in me. It's fine. I'm disappointed. It's okay. I'm I'm just trying to think of what gag I want to do because I like the gags. Like that's one of the reasons why I like the move. Like mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I like the movies. So I'm just trying to. I would probably I would probably just get rid of fat bastard. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Austin Powers. I think Mike Myers playing Doctor Evil and Austin Powers at the same time is enough. Mm-hmm. I think you have him play another bad guy, maybe. But I, I think it, it's time to retire, Fat Bastard, because it's just Shrek in a in a kilt that eats babies. So we'll have to talk about Shrek in a second. Yeah. See. To me, though, Fat Bastard's a core of the the storyline, though. Like that, like to me, that's part of the universe. But I mean, he's not—he won't be Fat Bastard anymore. Right? He'd be something else, like V-neck or something like that. <laughs> I think that would work. Um, I mean, yeah, if you bring him back, like I, you can bring the character back and like not be Fat Bastard, have him be something else. But yeah, toothpick. I, yeah. <laughs> Brian, how about um, you? I, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, you know what? I don't want an Austin girl. Okay. I want there to be him to be paired up with someone, mm-hmm. but I want all of like, I want to see what happens when he's paired up with a guy as in with his brother. And then when his brother goes all kooky and runs off, he teams up with like somebody else. But I don't want who he's paired up with to be a love interest. Well, I mean, the notion of a Bond girl is basically out of the franchises now anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like be, just it being Austin Powers, though, you're going to lose a lot of material there for the jokes if you cut out the uh, female lead. Like, well, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to be a romantic lead. Like, you can have him paired up with yeah. somebody who's not, not um, romantically inclined towards Austin at all. Because and that's fine. Because the the biggest joke in this is like they all are head over heels in love with him immediately. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think if you have somebody paired up with him who who's not like that, like maybe pair him up with um, a lesbian who has no interest in him at all. Right. Or so because what they did in the second one, or was it the first one? Now I can't remember. I can't remember. No, I think it was the second one when he takes uh, uh, Shagwell to the future. Mm-hmm. Or, like, at the end, and they're talking about it, and he makes the joke about, like, the flock of seagulls, and he he, he, he makes I that guess. joke, but then he... No, he, hmm? it's a very timely joke. He's like, there's a, a gas shortage and a flock of seagulls. That's about it. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, there's that, but then he also brings up, like, relationships and, like, free love and everything, and he's like, yeah, no, like, you know, it's like there's more freedom, but there's also responsibility with it, and it's very cool. You know, like there's that whole thing. Yeah. It would be very interesting to have the character thrown into like now. It would though. I think it would. So like he'd be paired up with somebody from like now. So like there would be no love interest, regardless of who it would, of like um, of who it would be. But I still feel like the character could evolve and be funny. You know what would be interesting is you have Austin tra- like be in the main timeline from 2002 until 2000 and let's say 23. 
when if this next one comes out. Then you have him travel back to the 90s and back to what a different world it was in the 90s when he was unfrozen for the first time to what it is now and just having him interact with that different dynamic I think would be interesting as well. Have you guys ever seen the Rocco's Modern Life like reboot I guess episode they did cuz it's basically that and it's really great. No, I have to look it up now. I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix, right? It is. I I really enjoyed it. Um but I think that's cool and that brings up something that I was like I so I was actually ready to like enjoy with caution this movie because I know that like Fat Bastard's a character and you know I know that in 2002 body positivity isn't where it is now. I know that Minimi's a main character, and I know that, you know, sometimes jokes can just get insensitive around there. And the one thing I will say about the movie is that, like, there was almost no jokes strictly, like, it, it almost never punched down. Like, the Minimi jokes were jokes about Dr. Evil nurturing this adult man. And it was like, you know, it was jokes about that. Or, like, the fat bastard jokes were just, <clears throat> look at how disgusting he is. It's not, ew, look at how fat. And I think that's really great of it. Like, it aged yeah. surprisingly well, better than it could have. I mean, there's maybe one scene that may have not, and you brought up that character's name in the group chat oh, uh, a little while oh, ago. But yeah, I think that, that scene is probably the worst uh, the t- part of the this twins. movie. The twin scene is probably the worst part, just because of how the characters are, are portrayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but... um. Yeah. Uh, so what? So my 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 last thing. Mm-hmm. The other two movies we we've all seen them. Mm-hmm. It might it's might have been a while for some of us. Not Alan, but it might have been a little bit for you. You and I, Devin. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite lines or jokes from the other movies? I like, and I think this is from number one. I really love that they named a character a lot of vagina. <laughs> And only because it's so ridiculous that they named a character in James Bond Pussy Galore that someone had to call it out. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan, do you have yours? Yeah. So, okay, so did you want me to go? Yeah. I can go, okay. Um, So it's when Shagwell is driving Austin in the second one uh, from one location to another. And they're on one of those, like, California Hill countryside roads where, like, you can see the valleys and everything. And then there's a sign that says, you know, London, England or something, like, pointed that way. And then Austin looks out and he turns back and he says, you know, it's amazing that the countryside of Britain looks nothing like Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) I I absolutely love that line. I forget which one it is, but I always like the line. Allow me to introduce. What was it? Oh man, I can't remember. Oh, I always liked a who does number two work for? And he's and like uh, Tom Otto's in the stall next door. He's like, yeah, you tell him, buddy. Like, and then Tom Otto sees the henchman like just sitting in the toilet. What did you eat? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one thing too this movie felt like it had less gross out humor than the other ones is that yeah. does that track yeah. 
Like, I mean, yeah, there was this yeah. scene where, like, Fat Bash like, oh, I don't think I ate corn. But, like, I think the rest of it was was not as gross as it could be. I mean, yeah, Beyonce's like, I, in it. You gotta, you gotta class it up for Queen Bee. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the grossest line in this to me is the whole rosebud yep, he makes. Yep. Like, that's the worst thing that happens in this film. Um, I'm trying to think of the first one. It's been a while. Whatever. It's it's it it's been a while. Like I well, like I I watched the opening of it today, but like I said, I couldn't. Like it was one of those things where it was like, nah, I like the third one more, so I just kind of. Well, that celebrity bit in the beginning of the third one, nobody ruined for me. That was good. All new for me coming in, and I had this thing where I was like, wow, they really didn't cover up a stunt double for Mike Myers very well, did they? Because they really like <laughs> hide who it is for a while. And like mm-hmm. the whole time, I'm like, "That's not him. That's re- this is bad. Why does it look so bad?" And it like <laughs> paid off. At, and at the same time, though, the effects are really good. It's like, why right. are they doing? Like, <laughs> I do like that they have Steven Spielberg flipping away. If yeah, flipping away and like holding his Oscar, yeah. like, well, this guy so, says differently. Okay, I want to <laughs> talk about this for a second. Yeah, the, the dance numbers in all of in all of these movies are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, Michael Myers isn't doing all of the dancing. Like he's not doing the flips and stuff. But some of the stuff that he does is impressive, even though it's like he's he is the one dancing like off dancing off with uh, Britney Spears. Oh, which, that's cool. And like when he gets the 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 schoolgirl wig and like oh man, <laughs> that's probably my favorite joke of the whole movie. <laughs> Oops. I did it again, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the sad thing is, I remember being at home and watching the the uh, the uh, the episode of Total Request Live when that video dropped. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man, what a memory! Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, I've got a question before we wrap this up. Wayne Campbell or Austin Powers? Oh, man. I've got my answer. I'm waiting on Devin. Oh, Austin Powers for me. <laughs> uh, it, it, it It's Wayne. It's Wayne Campbell. You know, I asked the question, and I don't have it. I'm, I'm both. I can take them both. Like, they're both completely different to me. Mm-hmm. Two different types of comedy. I appreciate them both. Um, so I'm going to be the middleman and say both. I just thought of something that I thought about when I was watching a little bit of the second one. I have have any of you guys seen the Spice World movie with the Spice Girls? Yes. Their homage to the Beatles movies. Yeah. No. Devin. No. No. Okay. Oh, Don't God. worry. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Don't worry about it. Just Devin. If if you have time, it's available. Watch it. Okay. okay? I feel that the Austin Powers movies and the Spice World movie. Happens in the same universe. I can see. I that. mean, from what little I know about them, it seems plausible. I mean, the things that happen in that movie is just kind. Of, it's mostly kind of ridiculous, but the timing's perfect for like when when the Spice World movie came out and when the second and third Austin Powers movie came out. I could totally see the events of uh, of what Austin Powers is doing going on in the background with the Spice Girls doing their crazy tour stuff that they're doing in the Spice World movie. That's fun. 
and um, it's a fun movie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. don't like if you see it, don't wave it off. Just, but I'm not going to do it for this. Just if it's available, watch okay. it. Well, Believe you li- me, you're you not going to you're not going to be disappointed. You live in London now, Devin. You have to watch. The it's almost required viewing. Exactly. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Just like for Halloween, if you don't dress up like Austin Powers and go around to everyone, be like, yeah, baby, then. Then we're gonna have you to might get punched in the face. No, I have a new, I have a brand new thing to be. I watched Eurovision tonight, and this whole team dressed up basically like bananas. And there was this one guy on it who got way too handsy with himself. I'm dressing up as him. Nice. I have pictures. Don't worry. <laughs> a handsy banana. Handsy banana. That's gonna be my costume this year. I have okay. one last question for you guys. I know we're going a little over time, but I need to know. That's fine. Shrek is 20 years old today. It's another Mike Myers vehicle. It is getting crap on the internet. And it's apparently causing a debate. Some people went back and said it is a terrible movie. We don't know why it, it was so great. Other people are defending it. Where do we land on Shrek? Uh, Shrek is a cinematic classic. It is ahead of its time. It was a such a groundbreaking uh, animated comedy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Pixar is great at storytelling. Uh Shrek is great at jokes. Like it's a great yeah. comedy for kids. I wrote a whole paper on its connections to SNL when I was in seventh grade. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the cast knocks it out of the park. I think the 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 soundtrack is fan- fantastic. Um, Shrek is a classic. I want to know what these people are saying because I mean. Somebody wrote a really long scathing article about how it is unfunny and an embarrassment to comedy. And maybe got it kicked out of the National Movie Archives, but that's that's like unconfirmed. Like, do research, but this is a big deal. Like, people are getting really angry about Shrek now. Okay, so I'm so confused because to me, having Will Smith in his movie I Am Legend, mm-hmm. which I saw once, I don't really. I'll watch the the uh, was it? I think Vincent Price did a uh, a movie called I Am Legend oh, yeah. that was kind of the same thing. I'd rather watch that than the Will Smith one ever again. But that movie with Will Smith cemented Shrek's placement in culture when that was the movie that he had on loop in the living room when he'd come home <laughs> because it was the movie that. that his kids always watched. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you don't get the humor, that's fine. Humor is subjective. I get it. You know, what I find funny, somebody else may not find funny, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to tell somebody that they have a crappy sense of humor because they like a joke that I don't. Okay. Um, So I'm looking at the the profile of the writer of this article. Okay. And looking at some of the other pieces he wrote. He he seems like a... um, film snob to me because he, he bashes on Shrek but then he's he's praising um, Michael Mann's Thief uh, Memento David Lynch Heaven's Gate like oh boy uh, all these different like just because you write for a big uh, website like The Guardian doesn't mean that your opinion has any clout I feel like there there gets to be this like level that you get to be a movie critic where like enjoying a movie to enjoy a movie stops being the point of it. And if you didn't leave a better person than you were when you started the movie, then the movie isn't worth anyone's time. And like, no, I'll watch a movie to have fun. That's why I'll watch Shrek. That's why I'll watch, you know, yeah. Austin Powers 3. I want to have fun. Like, the, like there's making... 
there's making a film for art mm -hmm. or for telling a story that you want to tell in a different way. And then there's movies that you just want to put on because it's entertaining and fun. Yeah. And that's what Shrek is. Shrek is not a, like, you know, in a... Shrek is not, let's say, uh, Citizen Kane. Yeah. No. Okay. I, Nowhere in that category. But I'm not giving. I'm not giving this guy any more time. I'm not even saying his name because the last <laughs> paragraph of this article is just like David Katzenberg founded Quibi, and we all know how that went. Like, <sighs> okay. So I think that does it for our Austin Powers slash Shrek slash 2002 uh, episode. This is the point of the show where we tell you what we're going to do next week. But one of us is going to be um, MIA. Whoops. Uh, Devin's not going to be here. So we're working on getting a guest host to join us. Um, we don't know who yet. We don't know what film yet. Uh, we, could have a, we could have a mystery guest next week. We could have just me and Ryan doing it old school. Uh, bef before the dark times. Before Devin joined <laughs> Um so, yeah, so if you want to know what we're doing next week, make sure that you follow us on social media. You can like us on Facebook, where we post all of our status updates there. <clears throat> you can also follow us on Instagram, where we will post reels, images, and stories to keep you up to date on the latest that's happening with the show. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, make sure to hit that follow button. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube if you miss an episode and want to go back and watch it again. Um, we're also an audio podcast, and you can find us on all major podcasting platforms. Um, and I think that does it for today. Um, before we wrap this up, I wanted to I wanted to get you guys to do this. Give me your best Austin Powers impression for the song. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's a good Austin Powers line? Do I make you Randy, baby? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's as loud as you're getting me. That's as loud as you're getting me. Do I make you horny, baby? Randy. There it is. That was my best. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my blue tongue. My tongue it is works. so blue from the Pepsi. Yeah. All right. For you, you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. <laughs> and catch you later. <laughs>